Hello, Life United. Hey, we are so thankful that you've joined us today to hear the Word of God. Aren't you so thankful that in spite of everything that we have going on around us, that we can still gather together, even if it's digitally, to receive the Word of God? And today we're going to be picking up in part two of a series that I've called, You Can't Handle This. And uh, I don't know if you felt that way over the last number of months now that we've been in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic around the world. You know, we get news all the time. And it can be daunting and it can just be overwhelming at times. Of who do I listen to and who's right and who's wrong if we allow it to? But last week, I just want to remind you and encourage you. If you weren't able to tune in, I would encourage you, listen to that message. Because I believe it was a timely word that the Lord dropped into my heart. And it really came out of uh, something that the Lord just kind of, it was a, a, a phrase, if you will, that the Lord just kind of prompted in my heart. And I didn't realize uh, before that how much I had been hearing it. And it's just, I kept hearing it on the news. I kept hearing it when people were talking. And it's like, well, it's just not wise to do this. It's just not wise to do that. And, you know, but the Bible speaks of two different kinds of wisdom. And it talks about natural wisdom, which is what we have. I mean, it's just, you know, it's the information that we can collect from the information that we have. But the Bible also speaks about godly wisdom, and, that, and that's really wisdom from God's perspective. And so we really have to choose whose wisdom are we going to live by. Are we going to trust in ourselves? Are we going to trust in what we can know about and what our brain can see? Or are we going to trust in God's wisdom that can see all these things that we can't see? You know, and I shared some stories, some personal uh, stories of when uh, God has done that in my life, even when it seemed like things didn't naturally line up and make sense. I had it all figured out. I had my plan, but I had to what? Submit my plan to the Lord. And so I want to encourage you, you know, even as uh, I know that we're in the midst of kind of starting to uh, open up some things and return back to some degree of whatever normal is. But this is what I would encourage you with this morning is that, look, we don't want to just return to normal. Uh, and I say that because of this, is I don't know that normal was working that well. I know um, there have been some things that the Lord has stirred up in my life and in my heart during this time and to make some adjustments in things, to bring some things back into proper perspective. And so I don't want to go back to the normal. I want to really step into some new things. And so this is what I would encourage you with, is that let's not focus on returning to normal, but let's begin to focus on being fruitful. Because normal is not called to in Scripture, but we are called to be fruitful in every situation, in every season of our life. And I believe if we're paying attention, if we have ears to hear what God is speaking, I believe that every season of our life can produce fruit that honors God and actually helps us move forward into what God has for us. And so I shared quite a bit uh, last week about that. And so, uh, you know, and so my question kind of stemming off of that and, and stemming from that message is this, is what is God's wisdom that he's speaking to you during this COVID-19 time, during this kind of time out of life, if you will? What is God speaking to your heart? Because, look, there's a lot of people that are dealing with pain right now. There may be loss of jobs, loss of income, separation anxiety. I mean, just not being able to be around family and to be with friends. You know, I was reading some this week just about how just the side effects, if you will, of the social isolation. I mean, things like, you know, depression and suicide and just uh, domestic abuse and alcohol abuse, drug abuse. All these things are just skyrocketing right now because people don't know how to handle this moment. And the reality is, is that none of us can. You know, and so we need to be hearing the wisdom of God. Why? Because God sees what we don't. And it's important that we're listening. And the truth of it is, is I believe that many times God speaks in the midst of our pain. 
Is it even in those moments where we may be feeling some things that are very uncomfortable, even painful, is that God will still speak and still bring wisdom in that moment? And so it would really, in my opinion, it would be a shame for us to come out of this whole pandemic and come out completely unchanged. I want to come out of this season stronger, better, more focused. I mean, I want to be moving towards what God has for me, but that's going to take me being intentional. You know, and so I've been encouraging over the last couple of months now through this is that not just to be focused on what you can't see or what you can't do, but man, what can you be doing right now to help set the stage for God to to really move you forward into all that he has for you. And, and so I think that if anything, one of the things that we should have and probably have all come to realize is this, is that we are not in as much control as we thought we were. Um, you know, and that's not a political statement. That's not saying, you know, we should be open, we should be closed. That's not what I'm talking about. But our world, we are not as in control as we think. Uh, I think many times we feel like, well, we've got a grasp of these things. And, and really, I want to talk about that. Because I believe that by nature, we default to what? To being in control. I shared with you last week that I almost called this series Control Freak. Um, just because we kind of default to that way. We want to have you know, things the way we want them. We want to control the environment, the situations many times. And we want what we want. And it's just the human condition. You know, but I believe, though, that, that this time is just showing to us. And, and if nothing else, I don't, I'll say, I don't think it's changed. I think it's just been revealed. I don't think we're any less in control or have any less ability to control anything than we ever have. I think this moment is just bringing that to light that, hey, we're not really as in charge or in control of things as we might think or even as, as much as we would like. You know, and that's actually not a bad place and it's not a bad understanding to come to, um, you know, because we can actually really come from a place. And so, I, you know, and let me say this is that. I believe that we try to control all kinds of things, all kinds of circumstances, even other people at times. But um, I, I think that that desire could actually come from a lack of trusting in God, really trusting in his faithfulness, really seeing him work. And even worse, it might actually be coming from a place of pride, like we want to control it because we think we can. And the reality is, is that we can't handle this. That's why we called it the series. That's why we took the title that we did, because we think we can handle things, and we can. And we get in over our heads, and then, you know, we're kind of throwing up that last-minute prayer to God, saying, God, save me. It's like Peter when he was drowning. You know, it's like, Jesus, help me. And then Jesus is there, and he's faithful, and he's good, and he's loving, and he's gracious to us, and he will come. But how many of you know that it wasn't God's desire for Peter to sink? It was God's desire, it was Jesus' desire that what? That Peter would walk above the storm. But yet he faltered. Why? Because Peter thought, I can do this. I got this. You know, and I believe that, that we can fall into that. And so really what happens is that we become self-sufficient. But self-sufficiency is very easily a form and turns into very easily a form of pride. And, and pride says this. Pride says, I can take care of myself. I got this. And God, I'll let you know when I need you. In other words, I'm going to have my plan. I'm going to have what I want. I'm going to do what I think I should until I realize I've gotten backed into a corner. And then I'm like, oh, shoot, what am I going to do? Let me call out to God and maybe he'll help me. And again, God is loving. He is gracious. He is kind to us. I'm not saying that God would abandon us, but it doesn't mean that God's desire was for you to be in that corner. God's desire is, hey, I would have given you wisdom before you ever got yourself into that bad spot. And I could have, what, helped you avoid it altogether. 
You know, and I love that God is gracious. I love that God is good. But man, there is this thing that what, what if we would have listened to the wisdom of God ahead of time? What if we didn't feel like, man, I've got this. I've got it figured out. See, we have to trust in the wisdom of God. Even when he speaks and even when it seems contrary to what our natural mind would say. No, I mean, if we're going to walk in God's wisdom, here's the truth. Is that when we walk in his wisdom, we also will walk in his favor and his blessing as well. Man, and I don't know about you, but I want to walk in God's favor. I believe that we're moving into a season that the church and and people who are really people of faith that really trust God, I believe we're going to see God's favor, his hand upon them. I believe we're going to see blessings. And I believe that those who are willing to listen to the voice of God in the days to come, we're going to see them begin to separate and, and God really begin to use people as examples to reach people around them. And God's going to begin to bless them in unique ways and begin to give unique ideas and, and, and just really give them opportunity because they were willing to listen to the voice of God, not trust in themselves, not try to take care of all of their own life and a Arrange everything and control every situation. But no, to really just say, God, I trust you. You are the faithful one that I can trust in my life. And, and I believe it. And look, and I, I, I fight this quite honestly, um, is that we have a tendency towards self-sufficiency. We have a tendency towards self-reliance. But my question, one of my questions today is this, is what does self-reliance produce? I mean, we, I've already talked about it. One of them is that self uh, reliance can produce pride in our life. It, it produces, look at what I did. You know, I mean, I love to, you know, uh, mow the grass. I'll give you an example. I love to build stuff. I love to, to do things with my hands because I can step back, take a look at it and be like, look what I did. I built that. I, you know, whatever it may be. And there's such satisfaction to what finishing and completing something. You know, and, and, and there's nothing wrong with little things like that. But what about when I'm leading my entire life that way? Like, I don't want to get to, you know, where I'm 70 and 80 and maybe even 90 years old or older and look back at my life and say, look what I did. Look what I've accomplished. Look at all these things. No, I want to get further down the road and say, man, there's no way that I was able to do. And and really just from a place of gratitude saying, God, you did so much in my life. And so I want to show you an example in scripture of this where pride really robs somebody. And it comes out of Daniel chapter 4. I'm going to read a couple of verses here, but starting in verse 30. This is King Nebuchadnezzar, and he was the king over Babylon at the time, and this is in the book of Daniel. And uh, so in chapter 4, he says, he says, Is this the great Babylon that I have built? Now, I've highlighted some words here, so I want you to pay attention to those. Is this not the great Babylon that I have built as a royal residence by my power, my mighty power, And now catch this, for the glory of my majesty. Man, what a powerful statement. He's saying, look what I have done. And I've done this so that I can be great, so that people will know me and I'll have a reputation. And he says, for what? The glory of my majesty. Man, you want to talk about like, that's a prideful statement. I mean, man, whoa. Like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that anybody would say that, but yet, have we made those statements? Or maybe not made the statement, but do we have those thoughts? Do we make decisions that way? See, what happens is that I believe that, that, and really I believe that God will do exceedingly abundantly. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 talks about that. Why? Because even if you look in the words here, Nebuchadnezzar says, by my mighty power and by my majesty have I built In other words, he was taking credit for something that God had done, even to the point of saying, I'm going to take the glory of God as my own glory. 
And yet, uh, Ephesians gives us wisdom. It says this. It says, now all glory belongs to who? To God. All glory belongs to God, who is able, the Amplified Bible adds, super abundantly. Like, he's not just able. No, he's super abundant. It says, through whose power? Through, through God's, through his mighty power at work within us. See, we don't want to be like Nebuchadnezzar saying, look what I have done. Look what I have built. Look at the life that I have. Look at No, I want to say, I'm not this good. I mean, look at the blessings of God in my life. They are so far beyond what I deserve. And yet it keeps going here, and it says, so... God is able to work through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask, think, which the Amplified adds, indefinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams. It says glory to him, glory to God. Our life should echo that. We should not be living a life to bring glory to ourselves. We should be what? Living a life that brings glory unto God and that magnifies him as a good and a loving father who is working throughout our life by his power in us as we trust in him. And it says that glory to him in the church and in Christ through Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. That's our blueprint. We're to live from that place. Is it God, you are good. You choose, have chosen me. Thank you for blessing me. Thank you for the skill sets. Thank you for the giftedness that you've placed in my life. But those are all tools to come back and to worship you with and to glorify you with, not to build up my own ego. That is not God's desire. But we see this in Nebuchadnezzar. And here in verse, the second part of verse 30, It says, even as these words, so what did he say? Look at what I have built by my strength, by my wisdom, by these things. He says, so even as these words were on his lips, a voice from heaven, or a voice came from heaven. This is what is is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken from you. See, Nebuchadnezzar didn't realize that everything that he had was actually part of God's plan. He was taking credit for it. And so God says, because of this, you will be driven away from people and you will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like an ox and seven times will pass until you acknowledge the Most High is sovereign over all the kingdoms of the earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. So what he's saying is that God, Nebuchadnezzar says, man, look at what I have accomplished. Look what I did. He took the glory of God, the credit for what God was doing. And God says, because of this, I'm going to take your authority from you. And until you, and really, he says, it says here seven times, but that's really seven years are going to pass. And it literally says in a moment of time that he lost his mind. It says he went crazy. And for seven years, he's out there in the wilderness with the animals like an animal. I mean, he's living like an animal for seven years. And it says in verse 34, it says, At the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar. So this isn't somebody else's thoughts. This is Nebuchadnezzar telling the story. He says, At this time, I raised my eyes towards heaven, and my sanity was restored. See, I think right now in our time, and I don't mean like on a large scale, I mean for us as individuals, we need to what? We need to turn our eyes to heaven. We need to begin to look to God. We need to be praying and seeking the voice of God in our life. Why? Because when we hear from God, sanity returns. And I don't know about you, I've had some moments where I've needed to hear from God during this time. But when God speaks, when his word comes, and I talked about this last week, but peace comes, but sanity comes. I love that he said it that way. He said that when I looked towards heaven, my sanity was restored. He says, then I praised the Most High. He brought the glory back to God. And he says, I honor and I glorified him, God, who lives forever. 
His dominion is an eternal dominion, and His kingdom endures from generation to generation. See, we want our lives to be focused on what? Bringing glory to God. We want, to, we want people around us, like during this time is a great time, is that we ought to live different. We ought to talk different. We ought to act differently. Why? Because we have a God who is faithful. The Bible says, and it's one of my favorite verses, he says that he would never leave us, he would never forsake us, he would never abandon us, but he would be with us. Now I want to read you several verses and share some scriptures with you about really what I, what I view as the faithfulness, the, and let me say it another way, the commitment of God to us who believe in him. That's what faithfulness is all about in Isaiah 43. And again, I want you to pay attention to the words that we've highlighted for you. In Isaiah 43, starting in verse 1, I'll read through verse 3. He says, O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid. For I have ransomed you. I've bought you back. And we understand that we've been bought back by Christ. And he says, I have called you by name and you are mine. Man, what a powerful truth. You're not an orphan. You're known. You have a heavenly father. Man, it doesn't matter what your history bit has been. It doesn't matter what your life has been like up to this point. You can be known and brought into the family of God. He goes on and he says, when you go through deep waters, which he didn't say if, he did say when you go through, and that's key, go through. We're not hanging out in the deep waters. When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God. Now, I highlighted this phrase, and it says, go through twice and walk through once. But look, I don't want to just go through this time. I don't want to just go through this pandemic, this social isolation. I don't want to go through all these things just going through them. I want to grow through them. And that would be one of my challenges for you today, is don't just survive this thing. Don't just make it through it. No, grow through it. Take this time... Spend some time in the Word of God. Spend some time seeking the face of God through prayer, through worship. Set aside some extra time and grow through this so you can come out stronger on the other side. Because we go through it, but even going through it, I believe we should come out better and stronger and more energized than we came in. You know, famous uh, psalm that a lot of people know is Psalms 23. And I want to read it to you. Uh, I want It's just six verses, but I want to read all six verses to you today. Because, man, we quote it, and a lot of people have it on plaques on their wall, or maybe it's stitched in a blanket or something. You know, but, but I think that sometimes we miss out on some things. Because, man, we love verses 1 through 3. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Praise the Lord. We love that. You know, it says, he lets me rest. And I've highlighted a few more words for you because I love this. He allows us to rest. Man, some of you need rest right now. And what you need to do is just say, Lord, I need you to bring rest. Matthew chapter 11 Verses 28 through 30, Jesus said, if any of you is, is tired, worn out, all these things, he says, come to me and you will find real rest. He says, learn from him. So there's a grace and a rest that can come even from the presence of God. But it goes on, it says, uh, he lets me rest in green meadows, peaceful, calm. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength and he guides me along right paths. And again, remember back to Nebuchadnezzar, he wanted the glory. But it says that when we do these things, it brings honor to his name. To the name of who? The name of our Father. When we walk in his ways, man, it brings honor and glory to him. 
Amen. And we love that and we, we praise God for those scriptures and we're like, yes, that, that is my God. But then the problem is it keeps going. And we have verse 4 and it says, even when I walk through, and there's that go through again. I don't want to just go through it. I want to grow through it. But it says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. And it's not just because I've got courage or because I'm not, you know, spooked by something. No, it says, and he gives us the answer. The second part of this verse says, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Man, that's so powerful. When, when there's a nearness and a, and, a, and a knowing on the inside of us that God is close to us, I believe we can face anything. It's just like I referenced a few minutes ago when Peter was walking on the water. As long as he was looking at Jesus, as long as his focus and as long as his eyesight was fixed on the right thing, he could walk above the storm. But the moment that he began to look left and right and begin to look at the wind and begin to feel the waves and those things, he lost focus and he began to sink. But here he says what? I will not be afraid because you are close beside me. He says, your rod and your staff, they protect me and they comfort me. Now, this is such an interesting scripture, but he says, you prepare a feast for me, which we think, oh, the blessings of God. Yes, they're amazing. They're great. But keep reading the verse because he says, in the presence of my enemies, in the presence of my circumstances, right in the midst of the mess, God says, I'm going to prepare a feast for you. Don't get so discouraged or so distracted by what's happening around you. No, I have a way for you to feast even in the midst of that moment. He goes on and he writes, he says, you honor me with anointing my head with oil. Now that's so important. I mean, I know that's not a word that we use just a a whole lot anymore around church, but I think we probably should and talk more about the anointing of God. Why? Because the anointing comes on us to do what we could never do in and of ourselves. And man, when we just say, God, I need you. God, I'm struggling today. In this moment, I'm overwhelmed and I don't know how to handle all of these things that are coming at me. God, I need you because the truth is, is that what is the anointing? It is God's presence. It's who he is. But when his anointing comes on us, it allows us to walk through things that we couldn't do on our own. The the psalm here wraps up and it says, my cup overflows with blessing. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Man, what a beautiful picture. Even in good times, even in bad times, God is there with me in the, by, by the, the, the still peaceful streams, but he's also there with me in the darkest valley. He is faithful on the top. He's faithful on the bottom. And here's the thing. God doesn't leave us in the valley. God says, no, I'm going to walk you right through it. Why? Because we will appreciate and there, there's gratitude. We don't just live in mountaintop moments. Sometimes we come down the mountain. And many times, if we're honest, it's because of decisions that we make. There's circumstances. Sometimes there's things out of our control, sure. But God's desire is, look, I want to walk with you. And it's learning to trust the Lord. I love Isaiah 41.10. It says, do not be afraid, for I am with you. He says, don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I am your Father. He says, I will strengthen you, and I will help you. And I love this picture. He says, I will hold you up in my victorious right hand. Hand. Another translation says, my righteous right hand is that God can be trusted because he is faithful. When we trust in him and we get our attention focused on, he is faithful and he will uphold us and he will take care of us. And, and so it's so important that we understand this. You know, I believe that uh, 
that, that we have to understand some things today if we're really going to walk this thing out. And even as we, because I, I don't believe just because we go through phase one, phase two, phase three, phase whatever, I think there's still some challenges ahead. And so even if things get back to somewhat of a more normal, whatever that is going to look like, I don't think it's going to just be perfect. I don't think it's going to just one day we're just going to magically wake up and everything's different. I think our world is changing very rapidly. But I also think, and I know in my heart, that, man, we need to be praying and really seeking God during this time. And this is why I say that. It's because I believe with God we can do anything, but without him we can do nothing. Now, I know that's a big statement, but let me give you a scripture to back this up. In John chapter 15, verse 5, Jesus is making this statement. And he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. I told you earlier, don't be so focused on trying to get back to normal. No, we want to get back to producing more fruit. And we can produce fruit even right now in this moment. But he goes on, he says, so if you remain in me, in other words, that vital connection, if you stay connected to Jesus, so staying connected to our source, you will produce much fruit. And he says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, this is a bit of uh, verbal wordplay, if you will, but he didn't say you couldn't do anything. He said you could do nothing. And I just want to submit this to you. If Jesus said we couldn't do anything, then we couldn't do anything. We'd literally sit on the couch all day and do nothing. That's not what he said. Because we can do lots of things. We can go to work. We can have hobbies. We can, you know, do whatever. We can watch TV all day long if we wanted to. There's lots of things that we could do, but that doesn't mean it brings glory to God. And I believe what Jesus is really saying, apart from him, we can't do anything of real value, of lasting value. I mean, the Bible talks about that, that there is a day coming where we're going to stand before the Lord. And the Bible says our whole life will, what? That it will be consumed by a fire and that what remains is what is of real value. But there's going to be some stuff that gets burned up. Well, I don't want to be sitting there with an empty tray. I want to have some treasure of real value that, what, that my life has represented, that I brought glory to God, that I wasn't about building my kingdom. I was about building God's kingdom, and that's the fruit that would remain. Now, um, I believe that, and I said this, is that so apart from God, we can't do anything. But with God, I believe we can do all things. Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, he says, and I'm picking up kind of mid-thought, but if you want to, you can go read this passage. But for the sake of time, I wanted to just really highlight a couple of verses here. Uh, but he says, not that I was ever in need. He says, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. He says, I have learned the secret of living in every situation. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, man, I've learned the secret to live in any environment, whether hot, whether cold, whether good, whether bad, whether I'm mourning, whether I'm celebrating. He says, man, I've learned the secret Man, we ought to lean in and be like, I need to know what this is. He says, I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether my stomach is full or empty, whether I have plenty or little. He says, for I can do all things through Christ. I can do all things. Hey, God, I can't make it through this moment, man. I'm overwhelmed. I'm mentally just exhausted right now. There's so much stuff coming at me all the time. I can't do this. But yet the scriptures tell us I can do all things through Christ who what? Who gives me strength. 
See, we're going to have moments, and we've been walking through it, where it's like, man, God, I can't handle this. That's not a bad place to be. Because what? You're moving away from self-sufficiency and saying, God, I'm dependent on you. And man, I need you to come through in my life. I need you to work in my life. I love in the Passion Translation where Paul says, I've learned the secret of living in every situation. The Passion Translation says it this way, for I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things. You know, I was flipping through social media the other day and a friend of mine posted this and I loved it. It says that we never enter a fight as the challenger. In other words, that we're trying to win the battle. No, we stand from a place in Christ of victory. So we enter every fight, every battle that we face in life, we're entering it as the champion. See, it's perspective. Am I trying to like, oh, devil, leave me alone? Or am I standing with the confidence that no, God is for me. And if God is for me, who could ever be against me? What foe could take me out? It doesn't matter. And I don't mean be foolish. I mean, I mean like by the wisdom of God, man, we ought to have a spiritual backbone about us and say, nope, I'm going to walk right through this moment. Devil, I'm not going to believe you. I'm not going to believe your lies. I'm going to live in peace. I'm going to live in the presence of God. And I'm going to walk through this thing. And I'm going to come out stronger on the other side. And even as you pray that, You may be thinking, what am I saying? But I'm telling you, if you'll fix your focus, if you'll fix that that heart and and just say, nope, my God is faithful. The one who promised is faithful to complete it. He said it. He will do it. I don't need to question it. I don't need to have second guesses. No, I've settled it in my heart is that God is the faithful one to me. And because he's faithful to me, he's going to see me through this moment and I can make it. I'm not going to go down. I'm not going to, this isn't the end of my story. No, this is just another chapter that God is writing. And I'm going to see the faithfulness of God in my life. You're going to see the faithfulness of God. I declare that in and over your life right now is that you're going to see the faithfulness of God for you, in you, in your life, in your family. You're going to make it through this season and you're going to come out of it stronger and better than you've ever been before. But you're going to have to make the determination. Nope, I'm going to fix my focus, man. I'm going to focus on God. See, we can't handle this moment, but I've got good news for you. God can. The God who lives and breathes on the inside of us, he put his spirit on the inside of us. So when we can't take it, he can. And man, if we would just surrender our thoughts and our lives to him, I'm telling you, God will come through Because he is committed to you. He is faithful to you. He loves you. And he has tremendous plans for you. And it doesn't matter what happens in the world around us. Go fix your eyes on Psalms 91. It doesn't matter what happens with the world. I have a promise. And I have a father. And and I have the one who sits on the throne. And I'm on his side. I'm on his side. And because of that, I'm going to experience victory. I'm going to experience blessing. I'm going to experience favor. And I believe the same thing can happen for you today. You know, you may be here today and you've never actually surrendered your heart to the Lord. You've never just said, okay, Lord, look, I, I, I can't handle this. And that may be why you're here today because you're just overwhelmed by what you keep seeing and hearing everywhere. Look, it, it's very simple. Surrender is not hard. It's a decision. And, and salvation is, is not complicated. God didn't make it that way. All he said is that there's a few things you have to do. Number one, is you have to acknowledge your need for God. Is it, hey, God, I'm a sinful person. And I thank you that Jesus died the death on the cross for me. So that what? So that I could be forgiven. So you have to acknowledge your sin, but you also have to receive forgiveness. It's a free gift of God. You can't earn it. There's nothing you can do to earn it. But it is a free gift of God. 
The Bible talks about that we have to repent of our sin, which is simply saying, God, I'm sorry. But that word repent means also we have to make a turn. We have to shift. In other words, we have to stop the direction we've been going and turn and go a different direction. And so salvation, yes, it's a surrender, but it's also an acknowledgement. It's it's just like what I've been talking about is, God, I'm going to surrender my life to you. And so you may be here today and you say, man, I need to surrender my heart to the Lord. I want to lead you in a simple prayer. And so in this moment, if that's you, you can just repeat this after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for what he's done for me. Father, I acknowledge my sin. But I thank you that Jesus has already paid the price for my sin. I thank you that right now I am forgiven that I belong to you, that I surrender my life to you. Father, I thank you that you're working in my life right now and that you have great plans for me moving forward. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, you may have just prayed that prayer for the first time. It may have been a, a rededication. You may just say, hey, man, I'm coming back to the Lord. Look, there's a link right around the description or in the description of this video. Please, 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 please let us know the decision that you just made. Look, we want to get some resources into your hands. We want to help you because this is only your first step, but there are other steps that we can help you to begin to move into all that God has for you. So click on that connect link right there around the video. If you need prayer for anything else today, click on those links as well. And hey, we love you and we are going to see you again next week.